precious friends. <clears throat> so glad to be back again tonight in the service of the Lord this our God. This one's a, this is it. Oh, yes, that's fine. I held you so long this morning till I feel like I ought to be real quick tonight. <laughs> My, how it was terrible and standing up, and it's as bad tonight. So won't be long till we'll have some room for you, see, as soon as the church gets completed. No, but we're not planning on staying too long tonight. Um, but tomorrow night, we're aiming to stay a little while. Amen. Tomorrow night, if some of you can come in tomorrow night, well, um, we expect to have a great time in the Lord. There'll be some fine man here tomorrow night. We'll all of us oh, having a time. I've had a request to ask you to. I've forgot to tell you, but a lot of people here said that uh, you're always in a rush getting mm-hmm. out of service. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow night, uh, you could have all the time that you wanted from <laughs> seven to twelve. If you would just take it. Now, that's what the audience here asked me to ask you. So now you explain it to them if you will think, sir. <laughs> We're going to serve communion at midnight tomorrow night. I'm sure you'll, you'll like to have being with that. When the rest of them's hooping and hollering and shooting and drinking and so forth, we'll just bow reverently before God and take the communion and start the year out with our pledged hearts to God and dedication to Him. And there will be some fine speakers here tomorrow night, sure enough. There's some fine brother um, from Georgia's up here, Brother Palmer, a wonderful speaker. Brother Junior Jackson will be here tomorrow night. Brother Beeler, Brother Neville, oh my, my, just on and on. Fine man of God who will be here. Brother Wilbur Collins and all them brethren just been giving us such great messages. And maybe others will be dropping in. So we'll expect a great time tomorrow night. Now, my wife said, don't you say this. <laughs> but i am got to say it. <laughs> I'm sorry I said empire this morning instead of umpire. <laughs> Billy sitting back there said, there he goes. <laughs> I said, the empire, he has to have an empire. <laughs> I'm in an empire. <laughs> uh, I'm like they said about the Dutchman, you know, don't take me for what I say, but what I mean. <laughs> I said, I think they understand me after all these years. <laughs> you know, this is about... This is 30 years I've been behind this pulpit here. 30 years in this tabernacle. Y'all be knowing me by this time, shouldn't you? Oh, my, my education is sure limited. But I, I don't, can't talk, but I make a truthful noise to the Lord. Praise <laughs> God. Brother, I believe it was Dr. Lamza of the Lamza Bible at... And the translation said one time I was speaking and I didn't know he was there. And he come back and was talking about the year of Mathundum. And then he was speaking of that light. And he said, what's the matter with these people today? And I said, he said, the reason that people, the translators could not translate the Bible correctly 
that the translators tried to translate in a high Yiddish. And Jesus speaking spoke in a common place, just like the street people spoke. And you know, there's a scripture over in Luke said, the common people heard him gladly. He spoke in their language. <laughs> I hope that's so again. <laughs> We are happy for the Lord. Now, I know I see them ladies standing around. It's bad enough to see men standing, let alone them girls and boys and ladies and so forth standing around the walls and little children. But we just haven't got the adequate seating room. So we pray that that next time we have the meetings after this week, after this time, you know, the next thing up, as far as we know, is those seven seals... And the Lord willing, we start on them just immediately as soon as the church is over, uh, built, so we can get in here. We're coming in for a rededication, and maybe anywhere from one to two and maybe three weeks straight meeting now, uh, coming up for the, uh, the seven seals. So we're expecting a great time in the Lord doing that time. And we'll, all you out-of-town people, we'll mail you the cards and everything and let you know just exactly the time, maybe a week or two ahead of time. The contractor, as I understood Billy to say tonight, would be done the 10th day of February. Well, if he's done the 10th, we'll start about the 15th then. So just as soon as they're finished, we'll start right in on that. Old sister kid called me a while ago, and she was almost in tears. She said, Brother Brennan, we tried so hard to start that old car, and it wouldn't start. <laughs> so she said, you pray that it'll start, and I'll come tomorrow. <laughs> and she said, wonder if I could find a place to stay. I said, don't worry. We'll have you a room, sister kid, as soon as you get you. She said, bless your heart. She said, you know, if you're going to have services at 12 o'clock, I said, I don't want to get out on the 12 o'clock, you know, she and Brother Kid's about 85 years old apiece, and they're still in the ministry. You know what they do? Got a tape recorder, and they take my messages and go from hospital to hospital, from house to house, uh, playing the tapes. Now, that isn't not giving up. That's not retiring. That's holding the faith to the end, dying with a sword in the hand. That's the way to go. That's the way I want to do. And then... And she said, you know, if I get out on the highway at 12 o'clock, she said, and after 12 o'clock in the night, try and get home to all them drunken devils, she said, try. <laughs> she said, running in her way, drinking, she said, them demons running around. She said, I'd be scared to death. Brother Pat, she sure is. <laughs> little old thing. How many know Sister Kid? She said, sure, that's a sainted looking little thing. And when just think, years before I was born, and I'm an old man, she was up there in the mountains. She and Brother Kid, she'd wash all day long on the washboard to get 15 or 20 cents for a washing to send him out somewhere that night to preach. And I'm coal mines up there in Kentucky where you, somebody had to guard you with a rifle to get up the hill where you went to preach. Oh, my then I think, must I be carried home to heaven on a flowery bed of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? I must fight if I must reign. Increase my courage, Lord. And I want his support by his word. That's what I want to Amen. Now, I suppose the recorders are going now. Uh, 
Oh, yes, I got, I'm sorry. Little sister had a baby here this morning she wanted dedicated. And I told her we'd sure do it tonight. And, um, and tomorrow night we'll have dedication of babies, healing services, everything that we possibly can go through with. We'll have plenty of time. So if the little sister's here and has her little one, and I was supposed to have uh, some people come from way away and was here this morning for a private interview and uh, for something. And they were supposed to meet in there this morning. And Billy had to let them wait till tonight. And he could not find them nowhere. See, tonight, if you're here, sister, I've been back there quite a little time waiting and seeing if he could find the lady. Uh, it was uh, two of them, I think, that was on private interview from way out of the country. So we... Uh, we trust if I miss you, I'll be able to get just soon as I possibly can, maybe tomorrow night while coming in. <clears throat> now, I believe, is this the lady coming with the little baby, the, the blue jumper? Um, jumper. Medi- I, I mean that, honey. Ever what it is, it looks like a little dress of some. <laughs> jumper. Amen. How many knows what a, a jumper is? Watch well, sure. Old overhaul jacket to me, so. <laughs> so well, it's Dallas's little baby. My, that's fine, brother. Uh, would you walk up here? Excuse me.
given to them and their charge to raise in the admonition of God, and they bring it tonight for presentation to the law. And when the mother gave from her arms to mine, then I give from my arms to you, this little Rebecca. God be with her and bless her. Bless her father and mother. May they all live loyal, long lives. And if it be possible, see the coming of the Lord Jesus. May this child grow in the knowledge of the Lord. And may, she, if there is a tomorrow, may she be a great witness to you. Grant yes. it, Lord. Now, if you were here on earth, these women and men would bring their children to you, but we, the ministers of the gospel, are your representatives. So we give you this baby for a life of service in your kingdom, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless you, Lord. What a sweet little thing. May God bless you both and the baby be long, happy lives in service of God. <coughs> I don't know whether I'm quite strong enough or not. This is all
I'm going to ask just a little favor for of the little folks and of the teenage. And I know it's hard. You can't stand still very long because your limbs cramp. But I'm approaching something tonight that I never did before. And there's something that I'm going to speak on that I have never thought of speaking on such a thing. That's the reason this morning I did not want to place that time before the message, and I never got through talking about my absolute, and I don't think I ever will. I hope I never do. He's so wonderful. But tonight I'm going to speak on something that I do not know. And now that's quite a thing for a minister to say that he's going to speak on something that he doesn't know about. But I am adventuring out to the best of my knowledge to uh, this church might understand and I would not by no means hold anything back from you that's profitable. And then this tape, I suppose the boys are making the tape. And if you happen to get the tape, whoever is listening to the tape, remember, if something is puzzling to you, don't say it lest it's on the tape. Don't say something contrary to what's on the tape. So many write in on the serpent's seed and say that I said such and such. I'll go get the tape and play it over. I did not say it that way. See, uh, people misjudge things. You know, Jesus one time after His resurrection was walking down the shore with the apostles and John was leaning on his bosom and they said, What will happen to this man? Jesus said, What is it to thee if he tarries till I come? And there went out a saying, that John was going to live to see Jesus come. And the Scripture says, Howbeit, he never said it that way. See, he, he never said that. He just said, What is it to you if he tarries till I come? He never said he would tarry. But, see, misunderstanding is so easy. And now, it's, it's not that I'm condemning someone for doing it, because I do it myself. And all people does it. If the apostles who walk with our Lord misunderstood Him and they never did clearly understand Him, right at last they said, Lo, now we understand. Now we believe. And we are sure that no man has to tell you anything, for thou knowest all things. And Jesus said, Do you now believe? See, after all that time do you find did it finally get to you see that you uh, believe and that's just human and we're all human so we're going to misunderstand but if it's kind of a little puzzling to you play the tape back listen close then i'm sure the holy spirit will reveal to you then the little fellows if you'll just hold your amens (laughs) the children just wait just a little while because 
I, I want this to be surely gotten because many will not have the tape. So I want you to be sure to get it and let's approach it for, I say, 35 minutes or 40, just as reverently as we know how to do it because this is a tremendous time for me. It's where something has happened that I don't know what to do. And I'm standing in the most terrific strait I ever stood in in the days of my ministry as I know of. So let's bow our heads now before we approach the Word. Heavenly Father, then some time ago I preached upon the subject of pursuing. And pursuing is to adventure without authority. And maybe tonight, Lord, I have took upon myself to interpret something to the people without having a vision of it. Therefore, Lord, check me where the point says to be checked. Close my mouth, Lord. You did close the lion's mouth in the den with Daniel that it did not hurt him. Lord, I pray that if I should try to interpret something wrong, you still have power to close a mouth. But if it is the truth, then, Lord, bless it and send it forth. And you know the conditions and what's right at hand, and that's why I come even to this very last moment at the pulpit to try to interpret these things. Now I pray Thee to help us. Bless this little church, this group that comes here under the roof that sojourns with us here in the city, coming out of many states. Oh, when the evening shadows are falling, we're so glad to have a place to come. When the world is so confused and do not know where they're standing, we're glad that the name of the Lord is a mighty tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. Just not so many words, but a revelation. So we pray, Father, as the evening lights would come at the setting of the sun, and we believe that that's the time that we're living in the setting of the sun. And we most solemnly thank Thee, Lord, from all of our hearts for the things that you have done for us. Lord, down through the age, I thank you for letting the visions that you have given every one of them just perfectly. And every interpretation of dream has been exactly that way. So we know it could only be you, Lord, for we are mortals all born in sin, and there's not a sound thing in us. But to think that you could take such a thing as a human being and wash them by the water of the Word and by the blood of Christ and stretch forth that hand in such a way till a person doesn't use their own thinking, but letting the mind of Christ, who knows all things, let it come in and speak and use a tabernacle. 
Thank you, Father. Now we bless Thy holy name. And we bless this little group tonight in Thy name. We bless the pastor, Brother Neville, God's gallant servant. We bless the deacons, the trustees, and every member of the body of Christ, both here and around the world, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, as we see this dark, dingy, horrible shadow falling across the face of Christianity, we know the time is drawing near. There will be a rapture and the church will be taken up. Lord, let us march on looking to the author and finisher, Christ. Grant it, Lord, and as we move forward now in the name of the Lord Jesus to undertake these things that's been put upon our hearts, we pray that you will be with us and help us and get glory out of it, Lord, for we commit ourselves to you with your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if you got a pencil and paper, uh, I would like for you to write some things down as or anything that you wish to. Just have it ready. And then on the tape, also, if you wish to jot the Scriptures down at any time, because I believe it's the Scripture that counts. Now we want to read a text tonight, or read a Scripture reading, out of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And I believe that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ as written in the book. And any other revelation that would be contrary to this revelation would be wrong. I believe that would bear quoting again. Any revelation that will not fit in with this revelation and bring this revelation to light is a wrong revelation. Amen. It must be scriptural. Amen. Now in the 10th chapter of the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, I wish to read the first few verses, the first seven verses, one to seven. Listen close now and pray for me. And I saw another mighty, another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head and his face as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the earth. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. 
And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw standing upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hands to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heavens and the thing that in them are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants, the prophets. And my text, if I should call it that, tonight is this. Is this a sign of the end, sir. We all know that we're living in a, a glorious time for the church, but a horrible time for the unbeliever. And we're living in one of the most dangerous times of all, all that ever was since the world began. No prophet, no apostle, never in no time ever lived in such a time as we live now. This is the end. It's written in the sky. It's written over the face of the earth. It's written in every newspaper. This is the end. If you can read the handwriting. The prophets lived in the time when the handwriting was on the wall for a nation. But we're living when the handwriting is on the wall for time. All nations, earth, everything, time is at the end. So we must search the Scriptures to find the hour that we are living. Always a true prophet of God will go to the Scriptures. Therefore, he's absolute that it's going to be that way. In the Old Testament, when prophets said anything, there always somewhere was a prophet with the Word who stayed with the Word. He watched God for visions, and if his vision was contrary to the Word, then his vision was wrong. That's God's way of getting His Word to His people. Can you hear me way back? All right. I just hardly know where to start. Now, 
It has been a great privilege to me to know that this tabernacle was my first church. It's a glorious thing. And I shall never forget, though I, Jesus tarry and I would live to be hundreds of years old, I'll remember the day I laid the cornerstone there at the corner and the vision He gave me that morning of this tabernacle. And all of you remembered, it's wrote in the books. And it's absolutely been fulfilled to the letter. Not one bit of it missed. And now, I do not believe that there's anything that He has spoken all these years of my life that I have spoke to the people about what come to pass. And many people has come with dreams that He's let me, by His grace, interpret for the people. And many has come with dreams and with problems that I was unable to interpret. But I haven't tried to introduce to you people a gimmick that has all the answers. I've tried to be honest and to tell you what was truth and I could only tell you as He told me. And then as it come to me, then I could tell you. And I want to warn you, in this day that we're living in, there's many not, not saying anything against people. But when you see a person that's got the answer to everything, that's contrary to the Word. Jesus said there was many lepers in the days of Elijah, but only one was healed. In the many years, the eighty or more that Elijah lived, and one leper was healed. Many widows in the days of Elisha, but he is only sent to one. And we find out that there's many things that God does and that He doesn't reveal to His servants. And no servant is greater than His Lord. And then God will not share His glory with nobody. He's God. And when a servant becomes a place that he tries to take the place of God, then God takes his life and moves him away somewhere or something. We must remember that. Now, in those visions and interpretations, I cannot tell the interpretation of a dream until I see exactly by vision what the dream was. And many of you know that you've told me your dream and would not even tell it all. And when I saw the dream come back to me, I turned around and told you that as much of it you left out and tell you what you left out of it. You know that's right. If that's right, say amen. Amen. The things that you didn't tell me. Therefore, you see, if the like... Nebuchadnezzar said, if you can't tell me what I dreamed, then how would I know you got the interpretation of it? 
But all these impressions, uh, we mustn't take them and say, Thus saith the Lord. We mustn't do that. We must have a direct voice and answer from God before we can say it's God. Not an impression, not a sensation. No matter how much is pulsating, you might say, I believe it could be this way. But when you speak, thus saith the Lord, it's not you. Watch on the platform. Have you ever seen it fail? Thus saith the Lord is perfect. Never has failed. And as long as it is, thus saith the Lord, it can't fail. But so far He's protected me because I've waited on Him. I haven't tried to seek popularity or vain glory of man. I've tried my best to live humble and live the kind of a life that I think a Christian should live. And I haven't been able to do that within myself, but He has done it. To this day, I say that He is the one that's led me. Many things to be said this way, but it take too long. But all of you are aware of these things. And the only reason I had you to say amen a while ago, you people that's told me dreams, then I'd come tell you uh, what you left out. Because this message being taped, man of all nations will hear this. And when they hear that amen, then they know these voices there that's set under this ministry, that knows better than to do anything wrong or to say amen to something that's wrong. Amen is so be it. It's sanctioning. Now, all my life, since I've been a little boy, there's been something that's bothered me. And I... I've had a very odd life. Hard to understand. Even my wife scratches her head and says, Bill, I don't believe anybody can understand you. And I said, I don't understand myself. Because I submit, commit myself to Christ many years ago. He does the leading. I don't try to understand it. I just go where He leads. The best of my knowledge. I'm thankful for our wonderful wife and children. And for my wife and children who has confidence that I would not tell them anything wrong that they believe. Every time you tell them anything, they hold right with it. They know it. I wouldn't tell them anything wrong. And would I tell one of God's children anything wrong then? Not willfully. No, sir. God wants His children in the right kind of training. And be honest with them and truthful with them. And He'll bless it, I believe. Now, all along down through the journey, there's been things that's happened that I couldn't understand. And one of the things that I could not understand was when I was a little boy and them visions would come up on me. And I'd see them and tell my parents the things that was going to happen. They thought I was just nervous. But the strange thing, it happened just the way it said so. You say, was that before your conversion? Yes. Gifts and callings are without repentance, the Bible said. You're born in this world for some purpose. 
And you don't, your repentance don't bring gifts. They are predestinated to you. Now, along the road, and when I was a little boy, my longing was, I was dissatisfied in the country I lived in. I longed somehow to go west. And I was operated on when I was shot when I was a little boy. And when I come from under the first anesthetic, I thought I was in torment. Going down, the ether had me out. And I'd been gone out for eight hours, I think. They was worrying about getting me around to myself again. They had a great operation with no penicillin, blood, both legs almost shot off with a shotgun. A little boyfriend let his gun go off. And then about seven months later, I took another anesthetic. And when I come from under that anesthetic, I thought I was standing out on the western prairies. And a great golden cross in the sky and the glory of God shining down off of it, me standing there like this. When the light, which you see on the picture tonight, that's been proven to be a supernatural being by scientific research. To me, it was the same light that struck down St. Paul. It is the same light that led the children of Israel by night. Did you notice here this angel? He was clothed in a cloud. He was a cloud by day. Now, that same light has... To people not understanding, first thought that it was wrong, that I was just saying that. But the Holy Spirit had to hide the scientific instruments and the people there for a vindication and took the picture of it several times. I said, I see a person shattered to death, black shadow over him. A few weeks ago when I was in a city, and when we were preaching, you know, you're not supposed to take pictures, you know, while they were preaching. And when same thing was when that was talked. But someone had a camera. And I said to a lady sitting out there, a stranger, I was in, in Southern Pines. I said, there is a shatter over this Miss So-and-so, a lady that I've never seen in my life. You just come from the doctor and two cancers, one on each breast, and you're given up. You are shattered with a black hood to death. And something said to a sister sitting by who had a flash camera said, take the picture. And she didn't want to do it. Yet, take the picture. And she still refrained. And then again it come and she grabbed the picture and shot the picture and there it is. Scientifically, it's on the bulletin board. Black hooded shadow. Then, when the woman believed and prayer was made, a picture shot right straight back behind it I said, the shadow has gone. The lady lives by the grace of God. Do you see what I mean? If you tell the truth, you may be laughed at for a while. You may be misunderstood for a while. But God will vindicate that, that it is the truth, if you'll just stay with it. Just hold on. Might take years. But like in Abraham and others but he'll always make it to truth. When that angel there, and I suppose, besides my wife, 
There's people here tonight from 30 years ago that was standing close when that come down. Is there anybody in the audience now that was there when the angel of the Lord that come down on the river the first time before people raise up your hands? Yes, there they are. Now, I see Miss Wilson raised up her hand. She was standing there. My wife there, she was there. And I don't know who some of the rest of them is. They were standing on the bank here before many, many people when I was baptizing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And right out of the brassy skies where they hadn't been rain for weeks, here he come with a roar. Instead of John the Baptist was sent forth to forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent forth with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. Many men from business, man, the city was standing on the bank, asked me what it meant. I said, that wasn't for me, it's for you, I believe. Mm-hmm. On it went. And when that angel left, if you remember, he went westward as he went up. Right up, up over the top of the bridge and went westward. Later on, I met an astronomer, which is a magi. And they told me of a constellation of stars that had come together in a certain constellation when the wise man in Babylon saw down towards Palestine this three stars in a constellation. You've heard me tell it many times. Do you know that's proven these last couple of weeks to be the truth? Amen. Brother Stockman, you have that paper with you tonight, or where you are? Um, it's in uh, the paper, a sheet of a Sunday paper, December the 9th, that a reporter went over there, and they've dug up all these things, and we're actually living now, proven that we're, this year coming up is 1970. Seven years out of date by dug up rocks and proved that it's wrong. It's later than you think. Amen. I didn't see Brother Fred somehow. Brother Southman, are you here? Do you have the paper with you, Brother Southman? You ha- he has the paper. Maybe tomorrow night I'll have you read it. We haven't got time tonight. So you can see and watch exactly those magis, Jewish magis up in Babylon studying the stars saw those stars fall into their constellation, and when He did, they knew that Messiah was on earth. And here they come into Jerusalem singing, two years' journey, where is He that's born King of the Jews? Up and down the streets they went, and why is Israel laughed at them? These bunch of fanatics. They never know nothing about it. But the Messiah was on earth. And now... You know the rest of the story, what they said. Now, we'll read that tomorrow night. Now, coming to this, that the visions don't fail because they're from God. And all along the journey, it's been something pulling me, tugging at me. Then when that Magi told me these things, when I was just the boy game warden, or before that, I believe it was, about these things. And it scared me because I was afraid of of what the Magi was. But later on, I found out that 
the Magi's of the Bible was right because God declares it in heaven before He declares it on earth. Watching those heavenly bodies. God's no respecter person of all nations, said Peter. Now, but those who fear Him in all nations, God accepts. And we find, then I tried to give the thought up. But, oh, it'd take hours to go in. How to constantly move that way, move that way. But I was scared of it. This Magi said to me, you'll never be successful in the East. Said you were born under a sign. And said, you, that sign, that constellation, when they crossed way out in there the day of your birth, they were hanging westward. And you must go westward. I said, forget it. Uh, I had nothing to do with it. And all along, oh, still that didn't take it out of my heart. Then when I was up there that night about these visions, I couldn't understand. My Baptist brethren told me that was of the devil. And then when that angel appeared, he absolutely thought it into the Scripture and said as it was then, when the priests were arguing about things, not knowing nothing about what kind of coats they should wear and clothes and everything and arguing about their differences, the Magi's was following the star to Christ. When the preachers said that Jesus was an imposter of Beelzebub, a devil raised up and said, We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Why are you coming to torment us before the time? When Paul and Silas came down preaching the gospel of little fortune tellers sitting on the street. And the preachers of that country said, These men are impostors. They tear up our churches and so forth. Turning the world upside down with their corruption. But what happened? That little magi, that little fortune teller said, These are men of God that tell us a way of life. And Paul rebuked that spirit in her. He didn't need any help to testify who he was. Jesus always told them to hold their peace. But it goes to show that sometimes devils know more about the things of God than preachers does. They become so ecclesiastical bound. That was so in the Bible. And God doesn't change. One day, coming down five years ago from Brother Norman's, I was driving down the road. And I just had a meeting up there, and the Lord God appeared to me in a vision, and I was sitting in front of my gate up here at my house. And it seemed to be bad weather. Many of you people will remember the vision. It's wrote in my book of visions. I put them down so that I'll be sure that I don't forget them. And in this vision, I saw there was something that had come through the lane. And there were stones laying all over my yard. And there was graters and scrapers up and down the lane and trees that had been cut down and rooted up. And I started to turn into the gate and it was all blocked off with stones. And I got out to say to the man, why this? And he got very hostile, shoved me backwards and said, that's the way with you preachers. I said, I only ask you, why do you do this? You're, you're coming over on my side of the street here. Why did you do this? And he just almost slapped me and shoved me back. And I thought, I'm just going to tell him 
that he doesn't know what he's talking about. And a voice spoke, said, don't do that. You are a minister. And I said, very well. And I turned around. And to my right, sitting in front of the gate, was an old prairie schooner. You know what? A covered wagon with horses hitched to it. And sitting opposite the driver's side was my wife. I looked back in the back and my children were sitting back there. I climbed up on the wagon. I said to my wife, Honey, I've stood all I can stand. And I picked up the lines and pulled the lead horse and started heading westward. And a voice said to me, When this comes to pass, then go westward. Brother Woods, the contractor here in our church and trustee, how many remembers the vision now? Remember me telling you, sure. It's rolled down on paper. And I said to Brother Woods, he bought from the church this lot in between there. And he was going to build a stone house. I said, don't do it, Brother Woods, because they would never give you your money out of it. Perhaps maybe, that's years ago, five years ago, I said they're going to maybe bring that bridge through here. And then... Stones were probably my basement bursted up and my walks and things uh, laying out here. Instead of being stones, it was hunks of concrete. And then they were going to put that down here because they said in the paper that's what they were trying to do. Well, he did not build it. Finally, they decided about a year later or two that's going to bring it through down this way. So that settled it, so I just forgot it and let it go. Now the strange thing happened about a year ago. I was having services one night down at Brother Junior Jackson sitting right here, a Methodist minister that's received the Holy Ghost and been baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. It's pastoring one of our sister churches. Just to show you how God Deals with this people. I say this with all my heart. I don't know of any congregation in the entire world, a congregation together anymore where I believe the Spirit of God is and in this congregation. They've got their differences. They're sure not up to where they should be, none of us. But they're as close as anybody else that I know of. Now I'll show you knowing what was going to happen. Brother Jackson dreamed a dream. He couldn't get away from it. And I was leaving his church and he just couldn't stand it. How long ago has it been, Brother Jackson? I had the dream in February of 61. February of 61. He had the dream. And he come to me and he said, Something is on my heart, I must tell you, Brother Branham. I said, Go on, Brother Jackson. And he said, I dreamed a dream, and there it was. I just sat still. And I listened and watched. He said, I dreamed that there was a great big hill, like out in the field where bluegrass or something was. And said, up on top of this hill, where the water had washed away the soil, 
There was a top rock up on top of the hill. Like uh, the top of the mountain. It was rock, no grass. And where the water had washed down, it had cut some kind of readings on these stones. And you were standing there interpreting this reading on these stones. And said, all of us. And here's the way he put it. said, the brethren from Georgia and from all around, we were all standing together listening to you interpret that mysterious writing on those stones, that mountain. And said, then you picked up something like from the air, something like a wrecking bar or crowbar, wasn't it, brother? Something like that, a wrecking bar, real sharp, and said, how you've done it, I don't know. And said, you struck the top of that mountain, ripped it around, and lifted the cap of it off. It's in the shape of a pyramid. And you ripped the top of it off. Now, that was months and months and months before the pyramid message was preached. And said, beneath that was white stone, granite. And you said the sun or the light has never shined on this before. Look in on this. What's this? And that's right. Because in the formation of the world, the world was formed before there was light. We all know that. God moved up on the water. And, and, and in the beginning, He spoke for light. And naturally, down under there in the age that formation was, that light had never come up on that stone. And he said, look upon this, light has never come upon it before. And when all of them got up and I told them to watch that, and all of them come up to look in. But he said, while they were looking in, he looked out of the corner of his eye, I believe it was, and watched me, I slipped off to one side and started going towards the west. Towards the setting of the sun, coming up a hill, going down a hill, coming up a hill, going down a hill, getting smaller and smaller, and went all the way out of sight. And he said then, when I did that, he said then, the brethren turned around at you while and said, did he vanish? Where did he go? And said, some tuck out that way, some tuck one way, and some another, but a very few stayed and looked on the what? I had told them. Now, notice the interpretation of the dream, which I never told him one thing, or none of these did I tell any of them. But I said, yes, and my heart's shaking. I was watching. Now, the mysterious writing, wait, I'll just leave it for a little bit. Not long ago, Brother Beeler Brother Beeler's usually with us. Are you here, Brother Beeler? Uh, yes, back here. Billy said, Brother Beeler's all tore up. He had a strange dream. I went to Brother Beeler. And he said, down at his house one night, when I was going on some calls. And he said, Brother Branham, I had a strange dream. said, I dreamed that I was going down a stream of water towards the west. And there was a road on the left side... And I was on the left side going westward on the road, seeming like hunting for cattle. And on the right side, I happened to notice after I got down there, there you were. And you were rounding up a big bunch of cattle. And there was plenty of feed over there. And said then, 
you got those cattle and started them back up the river. And seemingly, that uh, must have nodded to him to watch those cattle. And he said, now it'll be easy for those cattle. I know they'll go the way of least resistance. But Brother Branham wants them to stay on the right side of that river. So I'll go back up this road and keep them from coming across the river on this side and keep them on that side. But he noticed, I never followed the cattle but went on westward. He said he must be hunting strays. No more than he spoke the dream. I saw it. And then, notice, he said he got a little leery about me. So he went back to look and said, I was coming to a solid mountain. And all at once I vanished. And he wondered what was wrong. He went down. And then he had a little stream on his side that forked off to the left. I think that's right, Brother Beeler. Yeah. And he noticed from and over on my side was a terrific falls. And then he thought I could have gotten those falls. And uh and uh, perished. Then he noticed and he said he looked around, he seen the effects of those falls, had went down this way and was causing an artesian well to spurt up, but the water wasn't going back in the ground. He looked across the little branch, a little stream, and he sees some little animals with round ears. He said, I believe I'll take one. And he crossed. Then he got to thinking about me. And he got up on a little knoll to look over and see if there was a little bitty narrow ledge, you know, that I could have walked around, but said there was nothing. And he got wearied. He said, what happened to our brother? Wonder what happened to Brother Branham. And when he got scared, he said, he heard me speak. And I stand up on top of a mountain. And told Brother Beeler an interpretation of a dream that I give him not long ago and told him to wait on the Lord that someday I'd meet him on an island. And there he was. Now the interpretation of that dream is this. Insomuch that the stream was large. It was a stream of life. I was going westward on it and so was he because he was on a road. He was running down this road. And on the other side was lots of grass, but lots of thickets and briars and jungle. But in there was much grass. And that's the way we hunt for the Lord and the food of the Lord through difficult. Rounding up the cattle was this church. Keeping them on that side. Cattle will actually go on the smooth road, the denomination, if they can, which the road represented denomination. I started him back up the road to see that they did not go to any denomination. Insomuch that he saw a wall that was totally impossible to pass that kept me from going west was that tax case with the government. Nobody can understand how I ever got out of it. It was a wall that blocked me off. But the Lord taking me through it. And I was over it. I'll meet you, Brother Beeler, on the island. So now, then immediately after that, Brother Roy Roberson. Brother Roy, are you here tonight? Yes, I, I believe. What? Over at the side. He called me and he had a dream. And he dreamed that we were rounding cattle. Now that is the third one. Rounding up cattle. And it was grass-bellied ink. 
plenty of food. All of us brethren were together. And we come to a place for dinner. And Brother Fred Sothman raised up and said, Elijah, the great prophet, will speak from here today at noon. And then when we all had dinner, everybody went away. And he wondered why they didn't wait to hear it being spoke. Now see how that exactly curbs with Brother Jackson? See that exactly hits exactly what Brother Beeler said? No one waited to find out. Notice, immediately after that, Sister Collins, are you here, Sister Collins? Dreamed the dream of being here at the church and there was a wedding fixing to take place. And when she did, she saw the bridegroom come in perfect. But the bride wasn't very perfect, yet it was a bride. Now that's the church. And there was like a communion or a, a service going on here, like a dinner being set. And it kind of got next to her because that Brother Neville was serving a dinner in the church, but she said it was the best food that she had ever seen. She was so hungry. But she thought maybe that in the dream that he shouldn't serve it. And um, she and Brother Willard was going to go up to the ranch house and eat. And when they did, the light on the right-hand side went out. Uh, you know what that is. Now, the food, the bride isn't perfect, but the bridegroom is perfect. The bride is not perfect yet, but the food that was being given was not literal food. It's the spiritual food that you've been having all along. Let me stop here on that fourth dream. Just a moment. Do you not remember... Brother Fred Sothman, Brother Banks Woods, when we were out in Arizona last year, when we were out hunting Havelina hogs and the Lord spoke, don't you know the things He'd done perfectly showing what would come to pass as we all went along the road? If that's right, you two brothers say amen. amen. Never misses. And I saw in a vision while we were driving one day, uh, a vision of the Lord came to me. And I was getting ready to, at uh, that time, when I come back home to go overseas. And when I went overseas, well, I saw on the ship or side of a sea where the ships went out. And there was a little short man there. And he said, I have prepared a boat for you, Brother Branham. And it was a little bitty canoe, about, about a foot long. But it was snow white. And he said to me, uh, this is for you to cross in. Oh, I said, it, it, it isn't sufficient. He said, it'll go 40 miles an hour up and down this way. That's up and down the bank. But I said, it won't take me across. And then he looked down and said, go like they go. And I looked and there was Brother Fred Southman and Brother Banks Woods sitting in a canoe painted green with some 
camping rigging in the back of it. Brother Banks with a turned up hat like this. Brother Fred with his pinched on the bill. And he said, go like them. I said, no, I won't. And this man said to them, the little man said, are you boatmen? Brother Banks said, yes. Brother Fred said, yes. But I said, they're not. I am a boatman, and I know I wouldn't go just for that, and I'm sure I wouldn't go that way. He said, won't you go with them? I said, no, no. Well, I turned, and when I did, the little man of the dock turned out to be my good brother, Brother Argenbright. And I went back in this vision, and there was a little long building. And then a voice said to me, and all of you remember this, or many of you, a voice said to me, bring in food. Store it in. That's the only way to keep them here is give them food. And I brought in, had brought in great big barrels full of the uh, prettiest carrots and the prettiest vegetables and things i ever seen. Do you remember now the vision? Now, and I told you later what the interpretation was. I was supposed to go to Zurich, Switzerland with Brother Argenbright for five nights meeting. I told the brethren before it happened, I will not go. And I was down with Brother Welch Evans down there when it uh, gave the interpretation. One night, I believe Brother Welch come and got me. We was going on a fishing trip and said Brother Argenbright was calling me. I said, all right, here it is. They're going to pop me off. And many times... Not through Brother Minor. He's one of the finest friends. But sometimes, if they can just, if they think you're going to preach something that's against their doctrine, they just say you're going to be there to get your friends there. And they said, Brother Argonite called me up and said, Brother Branham, just what the Spirit said. Said, uh, uh, you come on, bring your wife with you. Said, because you won't have to preach very much. Said, because I think you only got you for one night. And said, you might not have to preach that one. I said, no. Well, I said, come on. You and your wife, you all come on, see? And if you do, I'll take you on a tour. All My wife and your wife and all of them, we'll go up through Switzerland, over through Palestine. I said, no. I had the interpretation. I told Brother Welch or Brother Fred and them, I'll tell you in the morning, but first my wife has to say something. And when I called her, then she refused to go. I said, here it is. Okay? Now, that little white boat was that one meeting... It's all right to go anywhere here on the bank with one meeting, but it's not enough, though it was white and good, to call me across seas. Brother Fred and Brother uh, there represented in the vision, they represented go as a tourist for fun. But I did not care to do that. And refusing them to be uh, a boatman, it meant they wasn't preachers. But I was a preacher. And then the food... In that little long building, I did not go overseas and return to this little building. And we made dozens of tapes of the pyramids and everything to show the people the hour that we're living in. Now, compare even that with the others, the dreams. This was a vision. The food. Here it is. This is the place. Notice. Then what took place? Then immediately after that fourth vision come on, our fourth dream was told me, 
Up come a brother Parnell. He's here somewhere. Right here. And Billy wasn't here, and the man was frantic. He's from Bloomington, I believe, or what, Bedford? Lafayette. Lafayette. Holding meetings. And he had a dream, and he come down to Brother Woods, and he said, I just can't let this go. I've got to tell it. Got to tell Brother Branham it's bothering me. And God knows, not one dream in between them. Just come one, two, three, four, five, six. Brother Parnell said, I had a strange dream. I dreamed that I was going to have a meeting up there, and somehow or another, there's a meeting here in a new church, like. And said this new church had come out that he wondered why there wasn't cooperating between the two or something on that way. And said he uh, was standing here, thought, well, I've been in here, I'll just wait. And I'll stand the service and said a man come through the building with a brown suit on and a book. I think he's writing. And he told Brother Parnell, said, this is a closed meeting. It's only for deacons and trustees. Well, he kind of felt a little stepped on. So he went out the door of the new church, the church that had been erected or this one repaired, fixed over. And when he went outside, it was snowing, bad weather, winter time. And none of these people know nothing about this. And when he went out the door, I was standing there looking westward. Now I said, don't feel stepped on, Brother Parnell. I'll direct you what you should do. And Brother Parnell and any of the rest of them know I never told them no interpretation. It's right now. Yet seeing it when they would speak it. Did you notice how quick I got out of there, Brother Parnell? They keep from having to tell you. And went on up, never said nothing to Brother Woods or nobody else. Nobody. Just left it. Because I wanted to see what it was leading to. Have you heard me say lately, I'm bothered. That's what it was. And then, Brother Parnell, he said that I said to him, Brother Parnell, start. And the first place you'll come to will be Zipporah. Zipporah? Zipporah. Which means hyphen or stop or something. I said, don't stay there. Then go next and you'll find an old woman. And then don't stop there. Go again, you'll find a real old woman. Don't stop there. And all the time we were, I was talking, we were walking through the snow. And I said, go till you find my wife. And when you find my wife, stop there. And said, so he looked and we was out of the snow on the desert. And I was vanished. And he looked back and he saw his wife pumping water from a well and some minister pulling on her to pull her away from the pump. She was watching him. And he woke up. Here's the interpretation of your dream. And I could have told you that night, but I just turned away. Insomuch that Zipporah and one old woman and another real, real old woman, that's churches. See? And Zipporah being actually the, the wife of Moses, Zipporah, and we notice that I told him not to stop at them. No matter how old they was, they were organizations. Don't stop at them. They've lived their time. But when he comes to my wife, which is my church that Jesus Christ has sent me to in his last day and here it is hallelujah stop there 
and I was gone westward. Then Sister Steffi, uh, she may not be here because she's been in the hospital. I don't know where. Sister Steffi, yes, here she is. Sister Steffi comes to my house to, for a prayer before she went to the hospital for surgery. That God would help her and bless her, and He certainly did. And she said, I had a strange dream, Brother Branham. I said, yes. And she said, I dreamed that I was out west. And I, that's the sixth one. And she said, I dreamed I was out west. And it's rolling country. And when I looked, standing up on a hill, there was a real old man with long white beards and what hair he had was grown down across his face. And he had a white uh, wrap around something garment said the wind was blowing it. I think that's right, Sister Steffi, like that. And said, I kept drawing closer. He was standing up on top of a mountain watching eastward. And said, I wondered, who is this old man? And she moved closer, closer. And when she got closer, she recognized who it was. It was the immortal Elijah. The prophet standing up there watching the east. She said, I must see him. She had a need. And she ran up the hill and fell down there to speak to him in the name of Elijah and said, when she spoke, she heard a voice that said, what do you want, Sister Steffi? And it was me. Your dream was fulfilled right there, Sister Steffi. For immediately after that, I went to Louisville. What she was needing was a prayer. See, she got through all right at the hospital. And the sign of me going westward, watching eastward for my flock. Notice, when I went to Louisville and when I come back, I started in the gate. And there was Stobbs drove there over my gate. Mr. Goings, the city street here, was going up the lane. He said, Billy, come here. He said, you have to move your gates and things. Fence, stone fence and gates. I said, well, okay, Bill. I said, I'll do it. When? He said, I'll tell you. I'll let you know when. I said, right first of the year they're going to start doing it. I said, all right. So I... Started to go back in the house, and wife said, I've got to go to the grocery right quick. And I went down the lane, and a boy, Raymond King, which is a city engineer, I always called him Muddier because we was little kids swimming together. He hit a guy in the ear with a lump of mud, and we always called him Muddier. He lives right down the lane from me, about, about second door below by the woods. And so I said, Mud, come here a minute. He said, All right, Billy. And he come over there. I said, That stake that you drove down, he said, Billy, it's, they're going to take the whole thing in. So all these trees, these fences, and everything else has got to be moved. I said, well, the engineer told me that my property come to the middle of the street. He said, yes, but they're going to expand it. Go take it in anyhow. I said, mine's also. I said, well, Brother Woods is a, is a stonemason. And I said, I- I'll just get him to move it back. I said, Billy, don't touch it. Let the contractor do that. That's a parsonage, ain't it? I said, yes, sir. I said, let him do it. I said, you know what I mean? I said, yes. And I turned away, and that quick something struck it. I went home, went into my den room, picked up that book, and there it was. It wasn't concrete blocks. 
It was stones. I said, me, get ready. Six straight dreams, and then the vision kept it. When these things comes to pass, turn westward. I call Tucson. Brother Norman has got a place. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what to do. I'm just in a, I'm standing. I don't know what to do. I'm leaving a home. I don't have to pay rent on. My wages is a hundred dollars a week, and I almost have to pay a hundred dollars a month for a house. I'm right here with my brothers and sisters, where I'm loved, and I'm going. I don't know where. I don't know why. I can't tell you why. But there's only one thing I know is follow what he says do. I don't know which way to turn. What to do? It's none of my... I guess Abraham felt that way when he told him go over across the river. He didn't know what to do. But sojourn. Separate himself. I didn't know what to do. Last Saturday morning, one week from yesterday, along about... Three o'clock in the morning, I'd gotten up, got a drink of water, and put the cover over Joseph in his room. And then I come back, and we just laid down and went to sleep. And when I went to sleep, I'm getting these little dreams and things off, so you'll see the background of what I'm fixing to say. I, I covered up Joseph, and I went back and laid down and went to sleep. And I dreamed a dream. And I dreamed that I saw a man that was supposed to be my father, though he was a great big man. And I saw a woman that was supposed to be my mother, only she didn't look like my mother. And this man was very mean to his wife. And he had a three-cornered stick where he clave this wood, and it made a, you know, I chop a wood across a log, you know, it makes a three-cornered stick. And every time this woman would start to stand up, he'd just grab her by the neck and hit her on the head and knock her out. And then she'd lay there and snub and cry. And then she'd start coming back up again. He'd walk around proud with his chest stuck out, great big fella. And when she'd raise up again, he'd take her by the neck and take his three-corner stick and crack her on the head with it. Drop her down. Walk back and stick out his chest like he'd done something big. And I was standing off watching it. I thought, I can't tackle that man. He's too big. And then he's supposed to be my papa. But he ain't my papa. And I said, he ain't got no business treating that woman like that. And I got kind of a little bit upset with him. So then, all at once, I got up enough courage, and I went over to him and grabbed him by the collar and turned him around. And I said, you have no right to strike her. And when I said that, muscles growed. I looked like a giant. And the man looked at those muscles and then he got scared of me. And I said, you strike her again, you're going to deal with me. And he kind of hesitated to strike her again. And then I woke up. And I laid there a little while. I thought, what is that? Strange, I dream about that woman. And just in a moment, here he come. I got the interpretation. The woman represents the church of the world today. All the world. 
I was born right in this mess, and here I am. She's supposed to be kind of a, a mother of, if she was a mother of harlot, but yet I was born right into it. And the, her husband is the denominations that ruler. The three-cornered stick that she had is that triune baptism in false names that every time she starts to rise up the congregation to accept it, he whacks her down with it. And of course, him being so big, I turned around and was a little afraid of him and then I dashed into him anyhow and the muscles was faith muscles. <laughs> that made me think, if God's with me and can give me muscles, let me stand up for her. Quit striking him. Must have been 10 o'clock in the day when my wife was trying to get into the room. And it happened. I went into a vision that morning and I somehow... Now, remember, it was not a dream. There's a difference between dreams and visions. Dreams is when you go to sleep. Visions when you don't go to sleep. We're born that way. An ordinary human being, when he dreams, it's in his subconscious. And his subconscious is way away from him. His senses is active as long as he's in his first conscience. In this conscience, you're normal. You see, taste, feel, smell, hear. But when you're in your subconscious asleep, you don't neither see, taste, feel, smell, or hear. But there's something when you dream that you return back to this conscience. There's a memory that you remember something that you dreamed about years ago. An ordinary human being is that way. But when God predestinates something, this subconscious is not way away from here to the seer, but both conscience is right together. And the seer in a vision doesn't go to sleep. He's still in his senses and sees it. I was explaining that for some doctors the other day. They raised up and said, Marvelous, never even thought of such a thing. When I was taking a wave test, they said, on, They'd never seen anything like that. See? What well, said. It, there's something happens to you. And I said, I told him, he said, that's it exactly. See? The two conscience set right close together. It's nothing I could do, and it don't make me more than anybody else. It's just God made it that way. You don't go to sleep. Your right ear is just like asleep. You're standing here looking out like this, and all of you seen it around the world. You don't go to sleep standing on a platform talking to people. You hear me go into visions and come back when I'm riding in a car with you anywhere else and tell you things that's going to happen and never fails. Never has. Has anybody ever seen it fail? No, sir. It can't fail. It won't fail as long as it's God. Notice, right on the platform, thousands before, tens of thousands of people, even in other languages that I can't even speak, still it don't fail. See? It's God. Now, in this vision, or as I was speaking, I looked and I saw a strange thing. Now, it seemed like that my little son Joseph was by my side. I was talking to him. Now, if you watch the vision real close, you'll see why Joseph was standing there. And I looked and there was a big bush. And on this bush, in a in a constellation of birds, little bitty birds, about a half inch long and a half inch high. They were little veterans. Their little feathers was beat down. And there was a, 
about two or three on the top limb, uh, six or eight on the next limb, and fifteen or twenty on the next limb, coming down in the shape of a pyramid. And those little fellows, little messengers, and they were pretty well worn out. And they were watching eastward, and I was at Tucson, Arizona, in the vision. For it made it so purpose that he didn't want me to fail to see where it was at. I was picking a sand burr off of me from the desert. And I said, now, I know this is a vision, and I know that I'm at Tucson. And I know that them little birds there represent something. And they were watching eastward. And all of a sudden, they'd taken an ocean to fly. And away they went eastward. And as soon as they left, a constellation of larger birds came. They looked like doves, sharp pointed wings, kind of a gray color, a little lighter color than what these first little messengers was. And they were coming eastward swiftly. And no sooner than they got out of my sight, I turned again to look westward, and there it happened. There was a blast that actually shook the whole earth. I don't miss this. And you on tape, be sure you get this right. First, a blast. And I thought it sounded like a sound barrier, what you call it when planes cross the sound and the sound comes back to the earth. Just shook like roared everything. Then it could have been a... Uh, a great clap of thunder, lightning. I didn't see the lightning. I just heard that great blast that went forth that sounded like it was south from me, towards Mexico. But it shook the earth. And when it did, I was still looking westward and way off into eternity. I saw a constellation of something coming. It looked like that it might have been little dots. There could have been no less than five and not more than seven. But they were in the shape of a pyramid. Like these messengers coming. And when it did, the power of Almighty God lifted me up to meet Him. And I can see it. Uh, it's never left me. Uh, eight days is gone. And I can't forget it yet. I never had anything to bother me like that has. My family will tell you. I could see those angels, those shaped back wings, traveling faster than sound could travel. They come from eternity in a split like a twinkling of an eye. Not enough to bat your eye, just a twinkle. They were there. I didn't have time to count. I didn't have time more than just look. Mighty ones, great powerful angels, snow white, wings set in heads, and they were... And when it did, I was caught up into this pyramid of constellations. And I thought, now, this is it. I was numbed all over. And I said, oh my, this means that there will be a blast that will kill me. I'm at the end of my road now. I mustn't tell my people when this vision leaves. I don't want them to know about it. But the Heavenly Father has let me know now 
that my time is finished. Now, I won't tell my family so they're weary about me because he's fixing to go and these angels has come for me and I'll be killed pretty soon now in some kind of an explosion. Then it came to me while I was in this consolation. No, that isn't it. If it would have killed you, it would have killed Joseph. And I could hear Joseph calling me. Well, then I turned again. I thought, Lord God, what does this vision mean? And I wondered. And then it come to me. Not a voice, just come to me. Oh, that is the angels of the Lord coming to give me my new commission. And when I thought that, I raised up my hands and I said, Oh, Lord Jesus, what will you have me do? And the vision left me. For almost an hour I couldn't feel. Now you people know what the blessings of the Lord is. But the power of the Lord is altogether different. The power of the Lord in them kind of places, I've felt it many, many times before in visions, but never like that. It feels like a reverent fear. I was so scared till I was paralyzed in the presence of these beings. I tell the truth. As Paul said, I lie not. Amen. You never caught me saying anything wrong about something like that. Hallelujah. Something's fixing to happen. Amen. Then... After a while, I said, Lord Jesus, if I'm going to be killed, let me know so I won't tell my people about this. But if it's something else, let me know. The, nothing answered. After the Spirit left me for about a half hour, I guess, or more, I said, Lord, if it is then that I am going to be killed and you're finished with me on earth and, and I'm going to be taken home now, which if that's it, that's fine, that's all right. So I said, if it is, let me know. Send your power back on me again. Then I'll know not to tell my people or anybody about it because you're fixing to come catch me away. And, I, and nothing happened. I waited a while. Then I said, Lord Jesus, if it did not mean that, and it means that you've got something for me to do and it'll be revealed to me later. Then send your power. And it almost took me from the room. I found myself somewhere over the corner. I could hear my wife somewhere trying to shake a door. The door in the bedroom is locked. And I had a Bible open. And it was reading, I don't know, but it was in... I believe Romans, the ninth chapter, the last verse. Behold, I lay in Zion a cornerstone, a stumbling stone, a precious cornerstone, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now, I thought it's strange I'd be reading that. Spirit still packing me in the room. I closed up the Bible and stood there. I went over to the windows about 10 o'clock in the day or better. And I raised up my hands and I said, Lord God, I don't understand this is a strange day to me. And I'm beside myself almost. And I said, Lord, what does that mean? Let me read again. If it be you. Now, this sounds juvenile. And I took up the Bible, opened it up. There it was again at the same place. 
Paul telling the Jews that they tried to tell the Romans that the Jews tried to accept it by works, but it's by faith that we believe it. Well, it's been a terrific time since. Now you see where I stand. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to say. But now, let me now, from now on, for the next about 15, 20 minutes, let me try to say something here now. Remember, not one time has those visions ever failed. Now, I'm going to take the Scriptures for a moment. If you notice, in Revelations, the 10th chapter, now, let me say this. If the vision is scriptural, it can only be interpreted by the Scripture. And then I want you to put this together, and now you present and you on tape, be sure you say this the way I say it, because it could be mighty easy misunderstood. Are you in a hurry? Or just, I thank you for being so quiet, nice. Now, the seventh angel. Now, sirs, as I entitle this, is this the sign of the end time? Where are we living? What time of day is it? As a weary wrestler through the night, raising and turning on the clock to look to see what it is, turning up the light. My prayer is God that has turned on the light. I'm standing in an awful place if you but knew it. Remember, I tell you in the name of the Lord, I've told you the truth. And something's fixing to happen. I don't know. Now you all take, get that? I don't know. I'm going to try. What come to me yesterday sitting in my den room? I don't say that this is truth. It was only something moving in my heart. When I've walked the floors, I, I was supposed to go down, get off for a little time and come down with Charlie and go hunting with him one day before we had to part from one another. Let me say that because that I am going west, it isn't that I'm leaving this tabernacle. This is the church that the Lord God gave me. Here's my headquarters. Here's where I stay. I'm only going in obedience to a commandment that's given me by vision. My son Billy Paul will remain my secretary. My office will be right here at this church. By the help of God, I'll be here when it's, this thing is finished to preach the seven seals and any tapes that I make or anything else will be made right here at this church. And right here, as far as I know, is a place where I can preach with more liberty than I can anywhere else in the world. Because there's a group of people here that believe and are hungry and holding on. And this feels like home to me. This is the place. In 
And if you notice, the dream spoke the same thing. See? Were the food. Now, but I don't know what lays in the future. But I know who holds the future. That's the main thing. Now, God, if I am wrong, forgive me. And I close my mouth, Lord, to anything that wouldn't be your will. I'm only doing this because I am impressed, Lord. May the people understand. Only impressed. The reason I think the interpretation never come immediately, it was by the sovereignty of God because I believe it's wrote out here in the Bible for me. And then if it is scriptural, it's only the scripture can interpret it. And if this is true, brother, sister, I don't mean to scare you. But we better be very careful now. We're fixing to, something's fixing to happen. Now I say this with reverence and a fear of God. And you think I would stand here? You people even believe in me to be a prophet. I don't claim to be. My emotion was this. Last year I said, the only thing I've seen, the revival's over in the nations. Or this nation, anyhow. I took an evangelistic tour. Many of you went with me. Oh, it's all right. We had great times, fine meetings, lots of crowds. But it just didn't hit the spot. This year I'm taking a missionary tour. As soon as I can, I'm going to Africa, India, around the world, if I can, on another missionary tour. If that don't work, then I'm neither taking water or food. And I'm climbing some of them high mountains. I don't know. I'm going to stay there until God answers some way. Hallelujah. I can't live like this. I just can't go on. This may be the answer here. I don't know. Until He changes me. Do you remember the vision about three weeks ago, standing in the sun, preaching to the congregation? You all been here last Sunday? Many Sundays you people here it gets the tapes and, and sure when it's made, you understand these things because now I'll just strike these places and you watch it just even every bit of that it's been said types right into this. So it must be the interpretation. I don't know. That's why I'm saying, sirs, is this it? I believe that the seventh angel of Revelation 10 is the seventh church age messenger of Revelations 3.14. Remember, now let me read. Look, where I can read. Now, this was the seventh angel, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, seventh verse, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants the prophets. Now you notice, this was a angel, and it's the angel of the seventh church age because it says here it is the seventh angel of the seventh church age. Found that, if you want to see who the, where the angel is, Revelation 3, 14, it's the angel to the Lady Ossian church. Now, you remember when that was 
told there, the angels and the church ages. And now in this, it'll dovetail right into these seven seals that we're coming to speak. And the seven seals that we're trying to speak of when they come this time is the seven written seals. And these seven seals, as you know, is just the manifestation of the seven angels of the seven churches. But there are seven other seals that's on the back side of the book. It's outside the Bible. Notice. We'll get to it in a moment. Now, before I start this, are you tired? Would you like to stand? Change position. Now, listen close. The seventh angel of Revelations 10-7 is the seventh church age messenger. See? Now watch. And in the days, now watch here, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. Now, sounding forth this messenger, the seventh angel here, is sounding forth his message to the uh, Laodicean church. Notice his type of message. Now, it wasn't to the first angel. wasn't given that. Second angel, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. But it is the seventh angel that had this type of message. What was it? Notice his type of message finishing all the mysteries of God that are written in the book. The seventh angel is winding up all the mysteries that's laying loose-ended all out through these organizations and denominations. The seventh angel gathers them up and finishes the entire mystery. That's what the Bible said. Finishes the mystery of the written book. Now let's note a few of these mysteries. And if you want to write them down, first I'll take what... uh, uh, Schofield says here and Matthew 13 if you'd like to uh, type some of them now if you haven't got a Schofield Bible you might read what he thinks some of the mysteries are now in the 11th verse and he answered and said unto them because it's given to you his disciples because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but not to them but to them it is not given. The mysteries. Here's the mystery. A mystery is Scripture is a previously hidden truth now divinely revealed but which is a supernatural element still remains despite the revelation. The greater mysteries and the great mysteries are number one. The mystery of the kingdom of heaven. That's when we're talking on now. 13, uh, Matthew 13, 3 to 50. Now, second mystery is the mystery of Israel's blindness during this age. Romans eleven twenty five with the context. Third, third mystery is the mystery of the translation of the living saints at the end time of this age. 1 Corinthians 15 and also Thessalonians 4 and 14 to 17. 
The fourth mystery of the New Testament church as one body composed of both Jews and Gentiles. Ephesians 3, 1-11, Romans 16, 25, and also Ephesians 6, 19, Colossians 4, 3. The fifth mystery is of the church as the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5, 28-32. Sixth mystery is of the living Christ. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Galatians 2, uh, 20, and Hebrews uh, thir- uh, 13, 8, and many places like that. The seventh mystery is of God, even Christ, as the incarnate fullness of the Godhead, embodied in whom all divine wisdom and godliness is restored to man. Ninth mystery is the mystery of iniquity found in Second Thessalonians and so forth. The tenth mystery is of the seven stars of Revelations 1.20. we just been through that, the seven stars of the seven churches, the seven messengers, and so forth. And the eleventh mystery is Mystery Babylon, the prostitute, Revelation 17, 5 to 7. That's some of the mysteries that this angel is supposed to wind up. All the, mystery, all the mysteries of God. And the other, may I say this with reverence, and not referring to myself, but referring to the angel of God, the serpent seed that's been a hidden mystery all through the years. The grace straightened out. Not disgrace, but real true grace. No such a thing as an eternal burning hell. You'll burn for millions of years, but anything that was eternal had never a beginning or end, and hell was created. Amen. All these mysteries. The mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation, but the person of Christ performing in you the same works that He did. The mystery of water baptism where the Extreme Trinitarianism has brought it into titles of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and the mystery of the Godhead being fulfilled in the baptism of the name of Jesus Christ according to the book of the revelations that the church in this time was to receive. There are some of the mysteries. The pillar of fire returning back. Amen. That's the thing that's supposed to take place. And we see it. Oh, how we could go on naming the mysteries. Seeing that pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. The same one that struck down Saul on his road down to Damascus. And the same one coming with the same power, doing the same things and revealing the same word, staying word by word with the Bible. The sounding of the trumpet means gospel trumpet. And the sounding of a trumpet in the Bible means get ready for scriptural war. Are you getting it down? Scriptural war. Paul said, if you want to put this down, 1 Corinthians 14, 8. Paul said, if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, how will a man know what to prepare for? And if it doesn't have a scriptural sound... A vindicated, a, a vindication of the Word of God made manifest. How will we know it in time? 
If it says they believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever, but denies signs and wonders that the whole rim of nature believed on him and all the church believed on him by this, how do we know how to prepare? Somebody's come forth with a chart and drawn it all out, and somebody's come forth with another thing and drawn this all out contrary to this one. Some's come forth and said, this is it, coming back to this, and others has wrote books and things like that, but God comes. In the power of His resurrection. And who's going to speak against it? Amen. If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever, He does the same that He did yesterday and forever. That's what this angel is supposed to do. Take them mysteries, them loose ends that people run out on. Notice, if it gives an uncertain sound, unscriptural, who can prepare himself? But a trumpet, did you notice each one of those ages, as I told you about the church coming in, there was a trumpet sounded, a seal tore loose. And a trumpet means war. If it don't give a scriptural sound, what about it? But let me call this to your memory. Don't miss it now. Notice, each church age had its messenger. We know that. Paul was the first messenger. And when the first trumpet sounded and the first seal was tore loose, Paul was the first messenger, as we found. And what did he do? Declare war on what? The Orthodox Church for not believing the Messiah sign that Jesus had produced to them. Why, they should have known it. They should have known it. Remember, Paul come at the end of the age. All the messengers come at the end of the age. It's at the end time when these things are uh, brought forth. Paul, knowing the Scriptures, and knowing that Jesus was Messiah, and he blasted those synagogues from place to place with the Scriptures and was put out of every one of them, that finally shook the dust from his feet and turned to the Gentiles. What was it? Sounding of a trumpet. An angel messenger standing there. With the Word. Oh, my, don't you miss that now. The Word. And Paul, with the unadulterated interpretation of God's Word, blasted every one of them synagogues. Cost him his life. How we could go down to Irenaeus, the one, the messenger of the next church age, and St. Martin, the next church age, when they begin to get the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, they begin to come in. And they blasted that age. St. Martin blasted his age. And then Luther, the fifth messenger, he blasted that Catholic church with the word of God. The just shall live by faith, he said. And this is not the literal body of Christ. And he threw the communion on the floor Walked out and blasted that Catholic church. That trumpet sounded. Right. That right? John Wesley, raised up in the days of the Anglican church, when he said there's no more reason to have revivals, and it went to seed. But John Wesley stood up with the message of the second work of grace, sanctification. And he blasted that Anglican church with a gospel trumpet. Hallelujah. Prepared for war. Hallelujah. That's right. He did it. 
Now, we're in the latest sin age. When they've again denominated Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Pentecostals. And we're looking for a prophet to come to bless this age and turn that back from their iniquity. Now, if that's been the trend all the way down through the age, will God change His trend in this day? He can't change it. He has to keep the regular strike. And remember, this messenger was the seventh angel. And he was to take all the mysteries and gather them up. Notice, the seventh angel was to bless the lady of sin, rich church. I'm rich, increased in goods, and have need of nothing. He said, you're a miserable, rich, poor, blind, naked, and don't know it. That was his message. Oh, God! Send us a fearless prophet with thus saith the Lord that the vindicated word of God will move to it and prove that he's sent from God. And when he comes, he'll bless them ages. Sure will. He'll set that lady of sin church against him. Certainly he will. He did in every other age. It won't change in this age. It's got to be the same. Notice. Now the lady of sin church, the messenger will finish, of the lady of sin, the seventh angel, will finish all of the mysteries that's been lost in the battles before for the truth. Luther raised up, but he didn't have all the truth. He only had justification. Right? Along come another messenger named John Wesley with sanctification. He didn't have it. The Bible said, the Philadelphian church, then comes the lady of sin church age with the baptism of the Spirit, but they messed it all up and went right back into formalism like they did in the first place. One is to look upon as Alpha and Omega. His hand laying one way and one way, the first and the last. His spirit fell on the day of Pentecost and filled that group. She gradually drained out till it come to the dark ages. The seven golden candlesticks, the seven church ages. The last was the farthest away from him. That was a thousand, nearly a thousand years of dark ages. The Catholic Church, Luther, began to bring the next light a little closer to the Word. The next light come a little closer. The next light, the Lady of Sin. Then it come right back like it did the first place. Went right off into the same mess it did in the first place. Don't you see what I mean? Now watch. There's a lot of truth lost out there. Why? Where others compromised on truth. But this seventh angel don't compromise on nothing. He gathers up all the loose ends. Gathers them all up. And at his sounding, all the mystery of God should be finished. (laughs) God sent him. All of the hidden mysteries was finished when he it was revealed to him. By what? If these are hidden mysteries, the man will have to be a prophet. And didn't we just get through and see that the prophet that would come in the last age would be that great Elijah that we've been looking for? 
because these mysteries that's hid through the theologians will have to be revealed to God and the Word comes only to the prophet. And we know it. He will be the second Elijah as promised. Oh, my. The message he will bring will be the mysteries of all these things. We have water baptisms all mixed up. That's right. One sprinkles, one pours, one takes Father, Son, Holy Ghost, one takes this, one baptizes three times face forward for one for a God named Father, another for a God named Son, another for a God named Holy Ghost. Others said you're wrong. He has baptized backwards three times that way. And oh, what a mess. But the whole thing has been wound up. Why, there's only one God. And His name is Jesus Christ and there's not another name out of heaven but that. There's not one text of Scripture nowhere in the Bible where anybody was ever baptized in any other way but in the name of Jesus Christ. Not one time was any other new church or the church of Jesus Christ ever sprinkled, poured, or anything else. Not one time was ever a ceremony used, I baptize thee in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It's creeds and things. And in the battle for truth, them ends has been lost. But God said they'd be restored again in the last day. I will restore, saith the Lord. We went through that not long ago, the bride tree. It'll take a prophet. The Bible says that he would be here. That's right. Malachi 4 speaks that he'll be here. And we believe that he will. We're looking for him. And we're looking for his manifestation. And we'll see the vindicated word of God. There'll just be a few understand it. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. What was saved? Five souls. In the days of Lot, there were actually three saved. The wife started out and lost. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. There'll be very few saved translated in that time. One of the mysteries of that church being taken up. Like Lot was was taken out, away, Noah was taken up, and the church will be taken up also. One went in and one went out, and the other goes up. See? It's exactly, perfectly. The Word comes. The book that is written within is then completed when this, all these mysteries have finished to be sounded. Now let me read it again, so you'll be sure. Now look. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, the last angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. Now what is the mystery of God, one of them? Paul said in 1 Timothy 3, I believe it was, said, without controversy, great is the mystery of God. For God was manifested in the flesh. We handled Him, seen Him, received up in the glory. Witnessed by angels, vindicated here on earth. God was. Sure, it's a great mystery, but it's all solved. Not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, three gods, but one God in three offices. The fatherhood under Moses. The sonship under Christ. The Holy Ghost under this dispensation. Three dispensations of the same God. Not three gods. The mystery is finished now. The Bible said it should be. One that I seen the other day where the science is trying to contradict me and what they used to say. When I said anybody that believed that Eve eat an apple. Now the science says you seen the paper the day of big headlines. She eat an apricot. <laughs> Nonsense. Would that, would that beguile her? No. Certainly not. See, they're just, that's, that's what Cain thought, you know, he brought the same thing back, but God 
didn't receive his sacrifice, and Abel, righteous, was revealed to him. It was blood. And he brought the blood. Oh, God. This church in the age that we're living in. The book that is written within is then completed when this angel ceases. Now, please understand this. When the seventh angel's message is completed, the Godhead mystery, the serpent seed mystery, all the other mysteries of all these things, <coughs> eternal sonship as they talk about, how can he be an eternal son? Amen. When eternity never begins or never ends. Amen. And a son is something that's begotten of. How can it make sense? How can there be an eternal hell when hell was created? I believe in a burning hell. Certainly the Bible said so. But it's to destroy. The Bible said, Blessed is he that has not part in the second death. See? See, you won't be destroyed by second death. The first is a physical. The second is a spiritual death when everything is finished. The soul that sinneth, that soul shall die. You'll punish for your sins, maybe through the hundreds of years, thousands of years, but they can't be in eternal hell because the Bible said hell was created. How can it be created and be eternal? If there ever was, the Bible said hell was created for the devil and his angels. And then if it was created, it can't be eternal because eternal, anything eternal never had a beginning or had an end. That's how we can never die because we as always, we're part of God, the offspring of God, and He's the only eternal thing there is. You can no more die than God can die because you're eternal with Him. Amen. There come. Hallelujah. Got to get tired of this old pest house anyhow. <laughs> Notice the book written when this angel finishes all these loose end ministries that through the battle they fought, Luther fought and Wesley fought and the Pentecostals fought. But there's coming one, says the Bible, that in the days of his sounding, all these mysteries, the oneness run off on Jesus' name, the Trinity went off on Father, Son, Holy Ghost, just like they did at the Nicaea Council. Same thing, that both was wrong. But now, in the middle of the road, in the Scriptures, lays out the truth. You see where we're at? The angel of the Lord. Notice, Revelations 5, 1. Listen to this now. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne a book written within. The writing was within inside, and on the backside seal was seven seals. Now there's writing on the inside of the book, but the backside had seven seals on the back of it that wasn't written in the book. Now, this is a revelator talking. John. Now, remember, it wasn't written in the book. And in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, all this mystery that's written within should be finished. It should be taken care of in that day. Now, do you see what I mean? Are you following me? Then is the time for the seven voices of Revelations 10 to be revealed. When the book is finished, there's only one thing left, and that's the seven mysterious voices of thunder that was wrote on the back side of the book that John was forbidden to write. Let me read it. And I saw an angel, a mighty angel, come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as the sun. 
and his feet like pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. See, now watch this. And he set his right foot on the sea, his left on the earth, and he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roared. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Watch. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. There was something said. It just wasn't a noise. Something was said. He was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Look where the voices was, the thunders, not in heaven, on earth. The thunders never uttered from the heavens, they uttered from the earth. And I was about to write when I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal, capital S-E-A-L, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. It's on the back side. When a book is complete, now didn't say on the front side. He said on the back side. After it's all done completed, then these seven thunders voices is the only thing that's stuck to the book that's not revealed. It's not even written in the book. Oh my! I wish I could get that that the people could actually Amen. don't fail. Don't don't fail. Please don't this time. I'm fixing to leave you. Don't fail. Do you ever listen? Listen. These seals are on the back side of the book, and at the time that the seventh angel is sounding, all the mysteries that are written in the book is completed. And immediately, the book that was open and written within is closed. Amen. The mysteries of God is finished and this is the mysteries of God. Amen. The going of the church and all these other things. The mysteries is over. Amen. When that seventh angel sounds out every mystery, it's over. Let it be who he may. Whatever it might be. God's word can't fail. And he said, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel... When he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants, the prophets. All those things, like, oh, Rome being the the whore, and all the Protestant churches, denominations, denominating after, has become her harlots. See, all those mysteries that the prophets spoke of will be revealed right here in this last hour. And when this seventh angel rises in the Lady of Sea and Age and begins to sound forth the true trumpet because it'll be contrary, they won't believe it. They sure won't believe it. But it'll be an inspired prophet because there's no way of figuring it out. Man try to figure out the Trinity and go gray-headed and go crazy. No one can understand it. They still feed the Evie, the apple, and all those things. Because it's tradition that man has held on to, just like Jesus found the church. But it'll have to be a divine-led prophet for the Word of God to come to him with the true interpretation of the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's got to be that way. God help us. Now, when his sounding forth 
Now that's thus saith the Lord. Amen. We have that clear. When he sounds forth his message, declares war like Paul did on the Orthodox, like the rest of them did, like Luther, Wesley, against the organization. Yes. When he declares war Amen. and tells them they're lying and it's yes. not the truth and they're deceiving man, when he sounds forth that, you can't fail. It won't fail because he'll be vindicated by the Word of God. Amen. You'll know exactly what it is. And when he does, he sounds forth to call from Babylon, come out of her, my people, that she be not partakers of her sins. God send him. Don't miss it. Now, when he begins to sound, the mystery will be finished. Now, note, then it's time for the seven sealed voices of Revelation 10 to be revealed. Do you understand? Amen. When all the mysteries of the book as completed and the Bible said here that he would finish the mysteries. When man back in other ages has fought for truth. They fought for justification. They would why? Sanctification. They fought for this and they fought for that. They fought for this. What did they do? Turn right around and organize into it. Same thing. Pentecostals and the Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, everyone done the same thing. Turn right around and done the same thing. And the Bible said in Revelation 17, that's what they do. Oh, Mother Whore and her daughters. Mystery Babylon. The Bible said here that that would be one of the mysteries that would be unfolded. Protestants, prostitutes, committing spiritual fornications, leading people by denominations with their cup of iniquity, of man-made doctrine, and pulling them away from the fountain filled with blood where the power of Almighty God flows freely to manifest Jesus Christ. That's true, then God will back it up. And He has done it. And He will continue. But when that comes to pass, the Word is finished. Now there's only one thing left, that's seven thunders, that we don't know, and it would not have thundered in vain. God, don't do something that's to be playing. We play an act, silly, but not God. Everything with God is A and nay. He doesn't just fool. He doesn't kid. He means what he says. And he says nothing unless there's something meaning to it. And seven thunders right in the revelation here of Jesus Christ is some mystery. Does not the Bible say that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ? Well, there's some hidden mystery then of it. Amen. What is it? The seven thunders have it. For John was just about to write and a voice came down from heaven and said, Don't write it! But seal it. Seal it up. Put it on the back side of the book. It's got to be revealed. It's a mystery. Now we solved out these things by the Holy Spirit. It's told us it wasn't apples. It was sexual. Told us these things. There's not no one able to stand before it. I've never seen a preacher in my life agreed with it. But I've asked him. You know in Chicago when we stood before them, about 350 preachers. You women here from Chicago, you were there. Heard about it. And the Lord told me three nights before, said they were going to set a trap for you. He said, send to winter and I'll show you. said, 
Mr. Carlson and, and Tommy Hicks will meet you tomorrow morning want to go to breakfast, and you tell Tommy to stay. But said, here's the way to look. Tell them that they're not going to have that meeting in the place they're thinking about. They're going to be in another place. Said, don't you fear. I'll be with you. Amen. That's good enough for me. Amen. The next morning, Mr. Carlson, president of the full gospel businessman, comes said, called me up and said, Brother Barnum, I want to go to breakfast with you. I said, all right. I said, watch Tommy Hicks be there too. Went out of town and country and he said, well, Brother Branham, he said, oh, this is where, I said, Tommy, would you do me a favor? Sure, Brother Branham. I said, I wonder if you'd speak for me. He said, oh, I couldn't do that. I said, why? I'm just a seventh grade student. I, I say, I'd say empire instead of umpire. <laughs> See, I don't know how to speak before there and there's going to be the Ministerial Association of Greater Chicago. How am I going to speak before them in my seventh grade education? Tommy, you're a doctor of divinity. I said, you know how to talk. I don't. He said, Brother Bram, I couldn't do that. I said, why? I've done you many favor. And I just put it real straight. And Brother Carson said, oh, Brother Bram, he couldn't do that. I said, why? He said, well, I said, you know why? You know why, but you don't want to tell me. They got a trap set for me. And I said, Brother Carson, you've got that hotel room, haven't you, where we had the other banquet? Yes. I said, you're not going to get it. He said, well, Brother Bram, I don't got the deposit on it. I said, I don't care what you got. It's not going to be there. That's a green-colored room. We're going to be in a brown-colored room. I'm going to be back in the corner. Dr. Meade will set to the right. That colored man and his wife will sit here, and so-and-so, there'll be a Buddha priest sitting to my extreme right, and how they'll be dressed. And I said, you know what it is, Tommy. Your Greater Chicago Ministerial Association is going to challenge me on the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. The Greater Chicago Ministerial Association is going to challenge me on the evidence of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. They're going to challenge me on the serpent seed and on the preaching of grace. Tommy looked over and, mercy goodness, he said, I don't think I'll even go. I said, yeah, you come on. And the next day, the man who had took the deposit, gave him back the deposit and said, we got an architecture. We had it booked up and we forgot it and it lost that uh, thing and we had to give it to the orchestra and you can't have it. And we went out to town and country. Walked in that morning and there they all stood. When I sat down behind the desk back there and waiting, after they had breakfast, I looked around at them like that. We had breakfast in the room, come out, sat down there and there's a greater ministerial association of Chicago. I looked around to them. Each one introduced themselves as doctor, Ph.D., L.L.Q.U.S.T., and all them kind of things like that. I just sat and listened at them until they got through. And Brother, Brother Carlson stood up. He said, Gentlemen, and all of you know Hank Carlson. <laughs> Asked him, Well, you got it on tape right here. You don't buy the tape, it's here. The boys has got it. He said, Gentlemen, he said, I introduce you next to Brother Branham. He said, you all might disagree with him on his doctrine. But let me tell you something. Three days ago, we sat in a place. And if that man didn't tell me everything that's happened this morning, I'm not standing here. He told me that you all were fixing a questioning on his doctrine. And he told me that I'd have to cancel out that other place and be here and told me exactly where Dr. Mead and these people would be sitting just exactly and here they are. He said, you might disagree with him, but i say one thing. He's fearless with what he thinks about. He said, now, Brother Branham, the floor is yours. I said, before we start, I read what I did this morning. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I said, now, let's settle this. Now you all speak of being doctors of divinity, and I stand here by myself. 
I said, if that's so, you want to question me on the baptism in Jesus' name, we'll start with that first. I want one of you men to bring your Bible and stand here by my side on anything that I've taught. I said, stand here by my side and with the Word of God, disprove it. I waited. Nobody said nothing. I said, I'm asking for some of you men to come stand by my side. So what's the matter with you? Then stay off my back. If you're afraid to stand here by me, it's not me they're afraid of. It's that angel of the Almighty God that they know if He could foretell me to come to Him, brighter than I thought they were. They know better to stand there. You know, you've been in times and them times too, but they didn't do it. What's the matter? If it's so great and they know it's so truthful, I put it on tape and anywhere else, I'm ready to talk it over in a Christian way with any brother. I won't argue with nobody, but I want you to come disprove any of it. <laughs> by the Word, not by your textbook. Now, not what Dr. So-and-so or Saint So-and-so said. I want to know what God said. That's the basis. I want to know what that is. They don't do it. <laughs> now, look. When it is time for the seven voices, then it's time for the seven voices, when the book's completed, of Revelations 10 to be revealed. Now notice, listen. Now, I won't keep you too much longer. I know I'm wearing you out here. 20 minutes till 10. Listen close now. I know you're standing up and you're all changing positions and things. I'll be glad when the church gets fixed so we won't have to be cramped up. We can take all day to preach it. Now, notice. Now, no, the seven voices was thunders. Blessed. God help us. If I'm wrong, Lord, forgive me. I'm asking you the question. It blasted with thunder. When this voice rung out. Did you notice that when the seven seals that follow the seven church ages, when the first seal was opened, that there was a thunder? The first seals in the book was opened, there was a thunder. Would not the first seal of the outside book open the same way? God doesn't change His program. Let's turn over to Revelation 6. And... I saw when the Lamb had opened one of the seals, and I heard as it was a noise of a thunder. And one of the four beasts said, Come and see. Now there never was another thunder, and the last seal was opened. There was space in heaven for a half hour of silence. But the first seal was opened. There was a blast of thunder. Oh, church, could it be? Over that far. Friends, think. Maybe I hope it isn't. But what if it is? What was that blast? Before God in this open Bible, I lie not. Blast it shut the earth. And when the first seal of the seven that was open in the Bible, it come forth 
Just one, but a blast that shook the whole thing. A thunder. And then if the seals that's on the back side would open, would not it be a thunder too? I don't know. I can't say. There was a thunder. The first seal. And the seal was a thunder. The trumpet was open at that time. And the trumpet was blown at Pentecost. Of course, I won't get into that. Now, if the vision was scriptural, the vision I'm speaking of, and I saw it last Saturday morning is a week ago now. If, I remember here, if the vision was scriptural, it must be interpreted by the scripture or a continuation of the same scripture. I just waited so that soaks in. If this that I have seen, what it was, I do not know. But I'm scared to death. Are we wasted away? Are we at the end? Remember, this angel said, when this taken place, he swore there'd be time no more. I wonder if we really get this. You say, well, it looked like it'd be blasting a Brother, he comes in a minute when you think not. You'll hear it your last time. Now, is it plain? When the first seal was opened, the seals that was inside the book, these mysteries that was sounded forth, justification, sanctification, Roman Catholic Church, Protestants, and when all their little battles and things left these loose ends in the Word of God, the seventh angel comes on and gathers them all up and explains them. See? And then he finishes seven thunders that are out. And John started writing, said, don't write it, but seal it. And the first seal was opened. Uh, the seals on the inside of the book, it opened with a thunder. If this is Scripture, it can only be, if any Scripture is anything that's supposed to be of the Bible, it's just like you can't tell me there's such a thing as a purgatory and things like that. There's no Scripture in the Bible to back it up. You can't tell me of these things like uh, the book of the Maccabees, which might be all right, and that uh, fourth book of Daniel where an angel grabbed him by the hair of the head and said, set him down, there's no such stuff as that ever took place in the Bible. Where Jesus of Nazareth made a little clay bird and put legs on it, so fly away a little birdie. It's nonsense. Amen. There's nothing in the Bible to back that up. So it don't fool. The, the translators, God seen that the translators wouldn't even add that dogmas and nonsense. Might have been good people, the Maccabee brothers. They were, that, I don't say it wasn't good people, but it wasn't scriptural. This is the complete revelation of Jesus Christ. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. And if we put that in there, it don't act with the rest of Scripture. There's 66 books of this Bible, and not one word will contradict the other one. 
And then if this is a continuation for the sound of these last trumpets or these last seven thunders that's coming forth, the mysteries, the last seals, it'll have to compete or compare with the rest of the Scripture. Amen. And if them first ones in there open with a blast of thunder, the second one's will too that's on the backside. Watch what happens. If the vision was Scripture, then it must be interpreted by the Scripture or a continuation of the same Scripture. Notice, Revelations 3... And four, seven thunders. Seven thunders! And then notice, three and four. And then what? An oath from that mighty angel that time was finished. When these thunders, you see, brought forth their voices, then the angel, just think of it, an angel clothed in a cloud and a rainbow coming over his head. Well, you know who that is. Put one foot on the land and on the sea and lift up his hand and swore that when them seven thunders uttered their voices that time would be no more. And if the ministry of the mysteries of God is finished, what if that is? Them seven mysteries coming forth. And a humble little church like ours, that the Almighty has come and regarded the lowest state of His people. You say, what? I don't think so. It might not be, but what if it is? Then time has run out. Did you think it? Be serious. It may be later than we think. And stars falling into their constellation back on her. That angel coming and said a charm was sent. Amen. To wind up the Old Testament. And to bring forth the introduction of Christ. A message will wind up the loose ends. Amen. And will introduce the Messiah. Just before his coming. The message of the last days. Notice. The mighty angel swore with an oath that time would be no more. Now, I don't want to keep you too long. Just think of this a minute now. Now listen. This angel come down from heaven. See? The other seven angels of the seven churches were earthly messengers. But this angel, all the message is finished. The seventh angel winds up the whole thing. And this angel comes not to the earth. He is the man from the earth as the messengers to the church ages. That's finished. But this angel brings the next announcement and an angel means a messenger. And he comes down from heaven clothed in that pillar of light cloud with a rainbow over his head and a rainbow is a covenant. It was Christ with one foot on land and one on the sea, and swore that time will be no more. Where are we at, sirs? What's all this about, I'm asking you? The other angels were messengers, man of the earth. But this angel, these said, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, messengers of the earth, See, man. 
messengers, prophets, and so forth to the church. But this one didn't come from the earth. He come down from heaven. Amen. Because the mystery's all finished. Amen. And when the mystery's finished, the angel said, Time shall be no more, and seven thunders told their voices out. Amen. What if it is something to let us know how to enter into the rapture and faith? Is it? Will we run, leap over walls? Is there something fixing to happen? These old, marred, vile bodies are going to be changed. Can I live to see it, O Lord? Is it so close that I'll see it? Is this the generation? Sirs, my brethren, what time is it? Where are we at? Let's look at the watch. The calendar, see what date we're living in. Israel is in Palestine in her homeland. The ensign, the six-point star of David, 2,000 years ago. Yeah, nearly 2,500 years ago, the oldest flag is flying. Israel's back in her homeland. When the fig tree put forth its buds, this generation shall not die, shall not pass out, pass away until all things are fulfilled. Nations are breaking. Israel's awakening. The signs that the prophets foretold. The Gentile days numbered with harrows encumbered. Return, O dispersed to your own. A day of redemption is near. Man's hearts are failing for fear. Be filled with the Spirit, your lamps trimmed and clear. Look up. Your redemption is near. False prophets are lying. God's truth they're denying. That Jesus Christ is our God. You know it's the truth. But we'll walk where the apostles have trod. For the day of redemption is near. Man's hearts are failing for fear. Be filled with the Spirit. Your lamps trimmed and clear. Look up. Your redemption is near. Might be closer near than you think it is. It's got me scared. Oh, I haven't done enough. Where are we at? Time shall be no more. He announces that time is over. What happens? What happens? Could that be so now, brethren? Seriously think, if it is, then the pyramid is capped by the seven thunders. You remember the pyramid message? It's the capstone. What did it do? The Holy Spirit capped off the individual and sealed it when we added to our faith righteousness and godliness and faith and so forth. We kept adding to it till we got seven things. And the seventh one was love, which is God. That's how he makes the individual. and caps him and seals him with the Holy Spirit. Then, if that be so, he's got seven church ages. That he's had seven mysteries that's been sounded away and they fought for to bring back. And now the headstone comes to cap off the church. Does the thunders mean that, my brethren? Sirs, is that where we're at? Junie, I want to take your dream. Look. Junior, 
before the pyramid was ever preached, months before it, seen this dream. You say, what about a dream? Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dream that Daniel interpreted told the beginning of the Gentile age and when it would leave. It's done just exactly that way. Not one bit has failed. You notice the writing that uh, was on the rocks? I was interpreted for them. They were elated. That's the mystery of God. That's been not understood for years. Could that be that? And then notice, in some mysterious way, we picked up out of the air a sharp tool that opened up the top. And in there was white granite. But it wasn't interpreted. There was no letters. I didn't interpret that, Junior. I just looked at it and said to the brethren, Look on this. And that's fulfilled tonight. Amen. Amen. While they were studying that, I slipped towards the west. What for? Maybe to understand the interpretation of what's written in the top of this. Could it be? And those blasting the other morning, it shook me, plumbed when I raised up in the air as high as this building. That constellation of angels, seven angels in the form of a pyramid. Is that them thunders that's coming forth? Could it be? This is all interpreted. According to his dream, it's all finished. According to God's word, the seventh messenger will finish, seventh message will be finished. And then the seven thunders. And he saw the capstone rolled over, which many people don't even know there is seven seals to be revealed. I've read many men's books on Revelation, never hear or talked on. They skip that. But it's been told you that it's there. I don't know what it is. Could that be that? God be merciful to us. If that is, we're in a serious hour. Now, just a minute. Look, if that be so, and the mystery's finished that was wrote in these rocks, I'm glad to be sitting in a church with godly people who God can give a dream to. I'm glad to introduce to these men and women that goes to Junior's church and to this church, to Brother Neville's and them, that there's people sitting in this congregation and the Bible said they would dream dreams in the last days. Here it is. Look at it. It's comparing with the Word. Knowing nothing about it, a blast come forth and here come seven angels from eternity. I said, Lord, what would you have me do? It wasn't told. I may have to go first to find out. I don't know. Might not even be that. I don't know. I'm just saying, what if it is? If it's scriptural, that sounds very close to it. Don't you think so? Look. Then, look, the cap stone was not interpreted. See? Get west and come back. Or is it this? Is these seven angels in this constellation that came to me? And when I meet you at the day of the resurrection, you'll see that I lie not. God, my judge. 
Or is this that second climax that I talked about the other day? Is there something coming forth for the church? I don't know. I could stay on that a little bit, but I'll move on. Could it be that the mighty thunder of the seventh angel in the seventh constellation, seven period constellation, they're pyramid made in a form, three on a side and one on top, and they drop from eternity? Could it be? Is this the mystery of the thunders that will bring back the headstone? You know, the pyramid never was kept. The headstone's yet to come. It's been rejected. Could it be, brethren, sisters, or is this that third pull that he told me three or four years ago? The first pull. You remember what happened? I tried to explain it. He said, don't do that. The second pull, he said, don't try. And I pulled anyhow. You remember it? All of you remember it. It's on tape and everything. And then he said, now there's a third pull coming, but don't try to explain it. You see how I approach this tonight? I don't know. But I feel duty bound to my church to say something. You draw your own conclusion. Now, will this be the mystery that would open up, that would bring Christ? Bring a power to the church. Uh, uh, See, we've already, we believe in repentance, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe in receiving the Holy Ghost. We have signs, wonders, miracles, speaking in tongues, and the things that the early church had. And frankly, there's been more done right here than wrote in the book of Acts. And this one little group of people, this little bitty ministry of ours here, or about the world over. Hmm? More than wrote in the book of Acts. Same kind. The raising of the dead. Remember, there's only about three people raised the dead by Jesus Christ. And we have on record, doctor's record, five. Works that I do, more than this shall you do. I know that King James says greater, but you couldn't do nothing greater. More of it. He was in one person then, he's in the whole church now. See? More than this shall you do, for I go unto my Father. If this is the third pull, then there's a great ministry lying ahead. I don't know. I can't say I, I don't know. Watch. Third pull. Let's stop on that a minute. In the vision... The first flight was little messenger birds. That was when we first started. It growed from just taking a person by the hand. And you remember what he told me? If you be sincere, it'll come to pass that you know the very secret of their heart. How many remembers that announced from here and across the nations? And did it happen? Exactly. Dan said, don't fear, I'll be with you. And it shall go on. Now, the first pull was little bitty birds and flights. They went on to meet the time. Meet the coming of the Lord. The first message. The second time, the secrets of the heart. From taking a person by the hand. And just standing there and saying what they had. The next time it revealed their sins and told them what to do. and make, Is that right? Then that come to pass perfectly just as God said it. And your witnesses and so is the world. So is the church. When I said I saw an angel and it was an emerald fire burning, people laughed and said, Billy, get next to yourself. The magic scientific eye of the camera took it. I wasn't lying. I was telling the truth. 
God vindicated. I said, darkness overshadows its death. Black, and this is white. One's life, the other one's death. There it is on the picture back there. At the at George J. Lacey, Lacey said, the mechanical eye of this camera won't take psychology. Are you following me? Amen. Notice, the first little flight, hand. The second was greater, whiter, doves. Holy Spirit revealing the secrets of the heart. And the third flight was angels. Not birds. Angels. And that's the end time. That's all of it. Will this be the time, brother? Is this the time? Now listen real close and don't misinterpret this. I want to ask you something. Let's go back just a minute. The church knows it's the truth. The scientific world knows it's the truth. And people are sitting here tonight and many still living. They were standing on the river when that voice spoke that out and said that John was sent forth with a message of the first coming. So is this the second message of the second coming. Remember? And if it's finished, what did John do? John was the one who said, Behold, there's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's Him! Is the hour, has it arrived, my brethren? I don't say it has. I don't know, but I'm asking you. I want you to think. Or will this be the time when it will be again, Behold, the Lamb of God? Or the time of Malachi 4 to return the hearts of the children back to the faith of our fathers? Will it be such a blast that will that will do such mighty things until it has set the church has been sloping and cannot understand the mysteries of God and say forth when they see that mighty blast sweep forth will it turn their hearts back to the Father as the Bible said it would do? Or was this the message already passed that should have done it? I don't know. This is the sign of the end time, sirs. Or is this the sign that it's over? It looks very scriptural to me. I don't know. There was them angels. There was a blast like a thunder that shook the whole earth. God knows I tell the truth. Just remember, something's fixing to happen. I don't know what it is. But could it be this? The reason I say this, prepare yourselves. Let us pray. Pray how? Take our position in the army of His believers and prepare ourselves for it may be later than we're thinking. You know me. And I have never told you a lie yet as I know of. And as Samuel said to them, have I ever told you anything in the name of the Lord but what come to pass? Now I'm telling you now, I don't know what this is. I can't say what this is. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm scared. As your brother, I've been scared since last Saturday. 
It may be the end time. It may be time for a, the rainbows to sweep across the sky. And an announcement from the heavens saying, Time is no more. Hallelujah. If it is, let's prepare ourselves, friends. Amen. To meet our God. There's been plenty of food laid in now. Let's make use of it. Let's make use of it now. And with me from this platform, I cry to God, Lord Jesus, be merciful to me. I've tried to live the best I know how. I've tried to bring the messages the best way that I could from the Word of God. God knows my heart. But when that constellation of angels swept that ground, I was paralyzed. I couldn't even feel for a long time. Even felt like a long time later trying to walk through the room. Even from my spinal cord and up and down my neck was perfectly paralyzed like no feelings. I couldn't feel in my hands. I was in a daze all day long. I, I just went in the room and sat down. Sunday, I come down here to speak and I, I tried to shake myself from it by speaking. Monday, it was there again. And it's here now. Now, I don't know. I don't know, sirs. I'm only honest with you as my brothers. I don't know. Is it, is it time? Is the, mis the mystery all finished? Has the sounding all over? Is that really them seven thunders fixing to utter out something that the little group that is gathered together will receive a rapture and faith to go in the rapture when he comes? For we'll be changed as quick as those angels come in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and shall be caught up together with those that asleep to meet the Lord in the air. My prayer is... God, if this be so, I don't know, Lord. I'm just telling the church. If it is so, Lord, prepare my hearts. Make us ready, Lord. For that great hour that all the history of time, all the prophets and sages has looked for that time. Lord, I don't know what to say. I'd be afraid to say, don't come, Lord. I'd feel ashamed of myself when I look and see the world in the condition I've done no more than what I've done about it. I'm ashamed of myself. If there is a tomorrow, Lord, anoint my heart. Anoint me greater, Father, that I can do everything that I can to bring others to you. I'm yours. I feel like Isaiah... In the temple that day, when he saw the angels flying back and forth with wings over their faces and over their feet and flying with wings, holy, holy, holy. Oh, how that young prophet was shook. He began to age up a bit. And when he seen that, though he had seen visions, he screamed out, Woe is me. Father, maybe I felt somewhat like that when I seen those angels the other night. Or the other morning, rather. Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among unclean people. And Father, clean me, and here am I, send me, Lord. Whatever it is that I stand at this pulpit where I've been 
for 30 years. That there's something, Lord, you want me to do. Here I am. I'm ready, Lord. But may I find grace in your sight. Humbly, I pray. I pray for the little flock that the Holy Spirit has made me overseer of to feed them. And I've done all I know how to do, Lord, to feed them on the bread of life. As in that vision many years ago, where that big curtain laid in the west in a mountain of the bread of life, the little book, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And here it all comes to pass, revealed right in our face. You're God, and there's no other but you. Receive us, Lord. Forgive us of our sins. I am repenting for all of my unbelief, for all of my iniquity. I plead on the altar of God as I come tonight with this little church before me. By faith we move from this building in rapture as we sit together in heavenly places around the throne of God. Our hearts have been warmed many times in the things that we've seen you do and unfold your mysteries to us. But Lord, tonight I'm all weary. Woe is me. It, Jacob's, when he saw those angels coming down the ladder and going back, he said, This is a dreadful place, none other than the house of God. And there Bethel was established. God, people don't understand that they think it would be so much joy, but Lord, what a weary, what a dreadful thing for a human being to come in the presence of a great, mighty being of heaven. I pray for forgiveness of my little church here that you sent me down to, 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 to lead and to guide. Bless them, Lord. I have did according to what the visions and dreams and things has said so, the best of my knowledge. I've laid in all the food that I know how for him, Lord. Whatever it is, Lord, we are yours. We commit ourselves into your hands, Lord. Be merciful to us. Forgive us. And let us be your witnesses as long as we're on the earth. Then when life is over, receive us up into thy kingdom. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Every one of you, cleanse all your heart. Lay aside everything, every weight. Keep it out of your way. Don't let nothing bother you. Don't be scared. There's nothing to be scared about. If Jesus is coming, it's a very it's a moment that the whole world has groaned and cried for. If it's something breaking forth now for uh, a new coming, a new coming of a new gift or something, uh, it'll be wonderful. If it's coming time that the revelation of the seven thunders will be revealed to the church, how to go, I don't know. I have just stated what I saw. Oh my, what a time. It's serious and solemn thinking. And if it would be time for me to go, I'm your Lord. I am yours. When you're finished, come, Lord Jesus. Wherever it might be or what time it may be, I am His. I don't say I desire to depart. I don't. I've got a family to raise. I've got the gospel to preach. But that's according to His will. Not mine. That's His will. I don't know. I'm just stating to you what is. What is, God will bring it to pass. But i tell you what I saw and what happened. What it meant, I don't know. But, sirs, could this be the end? 
the people are present now, the six people that had those dreams. Isn't it strange? There wasn't seven. Isn't it very strange that six led right up and then that vision immediately? The people are here. Brother Jackson here was one. Brother Parnell was another. Sister Collins was another. Sister Steffi was another. Brother Roberson was another. And Brother Beeler was another. And the Heavenly Father knows there was not one more pertaining to it. At the end of that seventh one, which was Sister Steffi, immediately the vision broke forth. You see? You see why I'm leaving? You see why I got to go? I must do it. And friends, don't look to me. I'm your brother. Don't pay no attention to me because I'm just a mortal. I have to die like everybody else. Don't you listen to me, but listen to what I've said. What I've said is a message. Don't pay attention to the messenger. What's the message? Keep your eyes not on the messenger, but on the message. What it said. That's the thing to look to. And God help us is my prayer. Now, I hate... I didn't want to come tell you this, but I wouldn't hold nothing back from you. Now, as far as I know, let me tell you, as far as I know, I'll be leaving in the next two or three days, Wednesday morning, to, for Tucson. I'll not go to Tucson to preach. I'm not going there to preach. I'm going to Tucson to establish my family and school and then become a wanderer. I'm going up to Phoenix to hold that little line of meetings, which will probably be just little messages around. And, and then maybe I, don't, I think they want me to preach in the convention one night. They never said nothing about it. They said I'd be there. See, that don't sound very good to me. And I've got a word, thus saith the Lord, to Brother Shakarian too. Amen. I don't know what he'll do about it, but I've got the word to tell him. I don't know what he'll do. It's up to him. Did you notice the last voice? It's supposed not to be an organization. But they declared their creed. Amen. An organization, then I'll drop away. I'm out of such. Amen. Now, presumingly, Brother Oregon Bright and Brother Roll, a Washington diplomat under seven presidents, has got to be in Africa. Brother Roll and I and Brother Oregon Bright will be going into Africa right away for some meetings down in South Africa and Tanzania with Brother Bose and on down through and probably up through Australia and through that way coming back if the Lord doesn't do something different. But before I go, I'll be back here. Then when I come back from there, if God hasn't spoke to me in some other way, I'm going to take the family and move up to about Anchorage, Alaska. This is southwest. That'll be northwest. And then let him stay there through the summer when it's so hot down in Tucson until it'll burn the hide off of you. I don't think they could stand it. They'd be so homesick and disheartened. We're not selling the place and staying right there with a furniture in the house. I don't know what to do. Then, time the summer's over, if the Lord willing, I want to leave Alaska and come down to about Denver, Central West. Southwest, Northwest, Central West, crying, Oh Lord, what would you have me do? In the meantime, every message, as far as I know of, to be preached will be right here, this tabernacle. Here's where the tapes will be. Here's where the headquarters is. And I do not intend to stay with my family in the West. I'm going to seek till I find what God wants me to do. If this year doesn't settle it, then next year, without water or food, 
I'll walk out into the desert and I'll wait till he calls me. I can't go on like this. You've got to get desperate. You've got to get to the place where you want to know what's the will of God. And how can you do the will if you don't know the will? I'm probing because of that vision background what you did. Going around as missionary and evangelism until that call come. Remember the first one when we laid that cornerstone? Do the work of an evangelist, he said. Didn't say he was an evangelist, but do the work of one, perhaps until the time come for something else. Another change of work. Might be something different. I don't know. Do you love him? Be real sure of that. Be real sure of it. They that love the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They will run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Oh, teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. I love him. I know you do too. Now, tomorrow night, I think I've made it plenty clear. Have I? As clear as I know how to make it. That's all I know. That's all I know what to say. And if it's revealed to me for something, I'll quickly tell you. I know you're interested to know. I'm interested to know. I don't know what it meant. I don't know where, where I'm going. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm just, the only thing I know, I'm just going by the grace of God. Then he'll tell me when I get there, maybe. But my part now is go. Now, I might not be there two weeks till I'll be somewhere else and might be back here. That's right. I don't know, but I'm, that vision had my wife and my children in that. And the very thing it was, I was in a covered wagon. And the minute that I walked in there, there was, I was in my station wagon. And that's the way we leave in a couple of days. Not knowing where we're going. Not knowing what we're going to do when we get there. Just going. God is strange to us because His ways are past finding out. He wants obedience. Where are you going? That's none of your business. Just keep going. What do you want me to do, Lord? That's nothing to you. Follow thou me. <laughs> Just keep walking. Where will I stop? What's that to you? Just keep walking. <laughs> so here I go. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
while we sing it again, shake hands with somebody by and say, Brother, sister, pray for me. I'll pray for you. Ah.